This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi guys, um, welcome back to, to the to Hull and Back podcast. Um, it's going to be a, a grim one this one, I think, um, given recent results. I've got a new mic, so you should be able to hear me. That's a positive. We'll start on a high note. <laughs> It took me an hour to find an old phone in a cupboard somewhere and restart that one up. So there's my story. Um, I'm back with Will. Say hi, Will. Hi, Will. <laughs> Still love it. Um, right, so we'll start with the Shrewsbury game, unfortunately. Get um, out of the way. Yeah. We've seemed to hit a stumbling block, Will. Um, I think we uh, did our worst performances of the season list a bit too early. Um mm. We should have saved it maybe a couple of episodes in. Um, Because that was the worst performance of the season by a absolute... Excuse my French, this is going to be a sweary one today. Fucking country (laughs) mile. Worse than Fleetwood? Yes, we're worse than Fleetwood. Um, Even though the result wasn't as big. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, But I thought the team just played so much worse. The team just didn't seem to give... I sound like I'm repeating myself from the crew game. The team team just did not seem to give one single solitary fuck. It felt like that anyway. Um, Shrewsbury just bullied us. Just used their aggressiveness perfectly. They were a cynical side, um, but they used it perfectly. They used it. Yeah, their game plan they saw out to perfection. And fair play to them, they were fantastic for a team that's in the bottom three. Um, they did so well, but at the same time, we really helped them. Yeah, typical city. As usual, teams that we, we should be picking point, uh, picking well, not easy points because they're in easy points, but we should be beating on paper. Um, and we tend to not turn up. Um, it is worth it, going back to the fact that I think did we both predict a comfortable win for us. Um, well, I, I said, I said, um, my heart says a thumping, but my head says a one nil loss. It just seemed like it could be one of those banana skins. Um, yeah, I but mean, it shouldn't. That's, but that was my feeling. That was my feeling as well. Is like it would be either a comfortable win or a one 0 loss, just because they've not won in ten. One win all season. Yeah. And I mean, as bad as we could go on about how bad we were as a team, we have we have got some credit for Shrewsbury. They 
Is it Steve Cottrell, their manager now? He is he's Steve Cottrell, yeah. He's gone. he's gone, right. This is how they play. This is how we're going to wear them. And they did it. They executed it perfectly. We didn't even look like we could get out of first gear. My thing I noticed from it was it seemed to be that Cottrell watched the Oxford game, essentially, and watched it very closely. Because essentially what happened was after the Oxford game, Grant thought, well, we managed to sneak a point. We did all right in the end. We'll keep playing that way. Cottrell looked at it and thought, Oxford exploited them in very many ways. We'll do the same. We'll exploit those flaws. And exactly the same thing happened as in the Oxford game. The team, in the first half in particular, the team just absolutely did not let us have a chance. Yeah, they were they were up in our face. They were aggressive from the off. The first 30, 35 minutes especially were just absolutely dreadful. I mean, the whole first half as a whole was bad, but the, the how we started, you, 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 we we looked like a team where if you watched us, you would not believe we were top. You well, you wouldn't believe Shrewsbury where where they were and where oh, yeah where we where we were. You would think it was the other way around. You'd think Shrewsbury were the team that were top and we were bottom three. Our players just didn't look like they were up for the scrap, whereas Shrewsbury were. They were fighting for them points and we didn't. And I don't know if it was because we were in such a comfortable position at the top, where even if we lost, they knew we'd still be top. Um, and that little bit of complacency steps in. I don't know. But you see, to me, as a professional footballer, you shouldn't. You should never go into a game with a different mindset. I know sometimes maybe subconsciously it happens, but that was poor. Um, unacceptable in some terms. I mean, that was... I mean, we'll get on to KLP later. I'd say it's near nearly our strongest lineup, uh, obviously excluding KLP. And mm. they were they were easily easily bullied out of that entire game. Yeah, and deservedly lost. Yeah, it was, it was once again it was a side doing aggressive tactics and pressing high, and it was completely nullifying us. Um, it happens. It's happened several times now this season, and it's and Grant is just not learning whenever it happens. He just seems to be fine with staying as it is. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll both have, I imagine, a, a good rant about Grant later. Um, yes, I think maybe what I liked um, about us sometimes, Alfie Jones is injured, isn't he? And I think the kind of game that Shrewsbury was, I liked Smallwood and Jones as the anchor in midfielders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like when they did that against Fleetwood, it was it was um, perfectly countered their aggression because we just sort of controlled the midfield. Um, Smallwood on his own hasn't got the pace nor the energy to contend with that high press that they put on us because he's not that great on the ball. So when we've got him in that anchoring position and we're trying to play out from the back as we do and then go through the middle and into the, the wide uh, men like Wilkson and Delican that are supposed to do the damage, we wasn't doing it quick enough and we were losing sloppy passes, losing the balls, getting put under pressure. And it's just like, you should be expecting a lot more composure from from the players that we had in that midfield. Um, from, I mean, the only the only good player I think I could pick from that game was Emmanuel. Uh, as pair, uh, Mr. Consistent. Yeah. The, Other uh, than that, I couldn't really. I wrote down nobody, but I, I gave... KLP some credit for trying off the bench, but he didn't really do much either. I just had no one. <laughs> no, yeah, it was it was a bad game. And I mean, I'm going to ask you, and it's going to be impossible, but who do you think is your best and worst performer from that match? Worst? Well, 
going back to a couple of days ago where I was on about, oh, I think my boy, my boy Honeyman's going to be the goal scorer. Turns out he wasn't. Yeah. He was the worst player on the pitch. <laughs> um, I feel this is a punishment. Worse than the Delican? I actually think he was. I think they were a close one-two, and I think Wilkes had a really poor game as well. And I think Eves was really poor as well. Um, no, careful no, on no, the Wilkes no, bashing Joel's listening. I like I like <laughs> Wilkes. Um, but it was not a good game. It was not a good game for any of the players, to be honest. But I thought Honeyman, considering the way he's, he's set himself about this season, he just Shrewsbury had yeah. him in just on a. They had him perfectly. Just kept him. They kept pressing him as much as they could. They always had two men to him at every time. So whenever he played a pass, it was always cut out. Yeah, they um, identified him as 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 the one to the one that makes us tick. If you take him exactly. out the game, you take a hole out the game. I think, um, going back to Wilkes as well, I think, talking about Shrewsbury, I think Roshan Williams for Shrewsbury, their uh, defender, I thought he had a fantastic game. He kept Wilkes in his back pocket the he entire did. match. He did. He was a very I good player. He's he the one from Man U at one point, yeah. wasn't he? I think so. Uh, yeah, I thought he deserved some credit because I thought he was superb throughout the game. I thought he was the best player on the pitch for He did. They had a good game. Um, I think all the Shrewsbury players, they were deserved winners. Absolutely. And I think um, that kind of performance week in, week out, they'll get themselves out of danger at some point. Good manager is Cottrell, let's be fair. Yeah, he's, he's um, experienced. Um, he's got, he's had bags of experience throughout the lower league, so I would imagine he'd be able to do something there. Yeah. Can you identify a best player? Or is that too much of a stretch? Too much of a stretch. There was no one on that pitch who was on yeah. the same best. They were all absolute fucking chance. Yeah. I mean, I say Emmanuel was probably our best performer, and that was his his worst game in his city shirt. Oh yeah, it was um, absolutely. Um, but he's one of those who was more consistent than the rest. Um, yeah, I, he only dipped slightly in terms of his performance I, level, whereas I mean, the rest of the team had a I, huge dip. I wrote down KLP purely because I think it's because he was a substitute off the bench, so he didn't play yeah. the entire match to warrant being called as bad as the rest. Yeah, I think my my worst would definitely have to be a Delican. I just. I'm not impressed by the guy. I think I've mentioned it before. There's there's him, Scott and Maya that just need to do more. It looks it looked at one point like we were going to have a lot of good options in terms of wide players, and at the moment you could only safely say Wilkes and KLP are the only ones who actually do anything. Um, Adelican, I just don't think in a game like that where he he's the kind of player who needs time on the ball, and because he didn't get it against Shrewsbury then he's just a complete passenger. You're essentially playing with 10 men. And I don't like that in a player. I don't like to see someone share Kuwait. That's what used to annoy me about players like um, uh, Jelovic when we got relegated from the Premier League, turning to a completely different player because he didn't want to be a part of it. I don't no, like yeah, he, 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 was, he had his head already out the door. He was gone yeah. at that point. Whereas the Delicans, like, he's already seen the first 10 minutes of this game, probably received a couple of challenges and got a nan. This isn't for me. And to me, that's the kind of game where you need to, you know, roll your stocks up and go, nah, I want to show what I can do now and try and start beating your man. I know the service to the front line was, wasn't the greatest, but that means when you've got the ball you need to or do the limited time and you get the ball, and you need to do more with it. And he just didn't. And he was rightfully hooked quite early because it just wasn't the game for him. Um, it's a shame because he has shown glimpses of how good he can be. But in... Like I said, he just needs time on the ball and he didn't get it. I'm not saying he's good enough, but do you know who I feel sorry for at the moment? Um, Samuelson. Because I'm not saying he's the greatest, but he had some great performances in the Cups. 
And then all these players are playing very poorly and he's just not even getting a look in. Just even for a try. Yeah. He didn't play great against Stevenage. He didn't, but I don't think anyone played well against Stevenage. And that was supposed to be his favoured number 10 position. That's where, if you asked him where he wants to play, that's where he says he'll play. I would, I would, I would argue as well, it being the weakened side, it's, and no one played well against yeah. Stevenage, like I said. Um, it'd be worth yeah. it I mean, if you, if you include the cup games, I know I know a lot of people say like about the run of form, like we haven't lost a league game since October. Probably up now. It was our first loss. Yeah. Um, don't, don't panic, etc. But if you take into account the last few games, if you include all competitions, we've played poorly for about four, including t- tonight's game, four or five games in a row now where we've been atrocious, as in the, the entire squad. Because you've seen a new 11 for both the cup games, you've seen the strongest 11, and then a sort of mixed match starting 11 that he's played tonight, obviously resting some players for Portsmouth's visit. But that entire squad is just not, something's not clicked. I don't know. We've been found out. We've burned out. I don't know what the excuse is, but they are just far, far below the levels that they set themselves. And it's going to, they're going to regret it when they look back. If we miss out on promotion by a few points or something, they're going to look back at the, the how we could have pushed ourselves further away from second in the last few results with, with um, other teams' results going our way. And then us not capitalising in, in absolute pristine Hull City way. And it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention about performances, but I think I'll bring it up later. But I, I think it hasn't just been the last, few, the last few games. I think it's been a recurring thing throughout the season, but I'll bring it up a bit later. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, we can talk about that now, to be fair, because it, it, okay. it leads us into the um, into tonight's game. I mean, yes, I mean, when, when people say, oh, like, you know, we're top of the league, something's been doing right, there has been a few games where you think, we were lucky there. Um, yeah. If finishing on the other, if the other side had finished better, or um, we scored a fluky goal here and there, like, think back to the deflected goalkeeper against um, Doncaster. We have sort of pushed our luck... Yeah, um, what I was what, what I was going to say was yeah, and um, this season I don't think we've ever we've had a truly great performance outside of the Ipswich game for me, um, personally, um, and even then that was a game where Ipswich had a lot of chances themselves and a lot of possession, um, but it was still a good performance for ourselves. In the first few games of the season, we were playing. Okay at best, but we were playing teams. We were solid, but we didn't seem threatened. We looked, we looked very poor going forward, and our opponents, whenever they did get a chance, didn't take it, and they really should have done. I felt it was a couple of games. I think yeah. in particular was I think it was Wimbledon in particular, and where Wimbledon that fair, in the first half of the game had missed about two or three sitters, and we won it. And um, and it was one of those games where it felt like we got away with it a bit, but obviously because we won it, it kind of gets glossed yeah. over, which I think has happened throughout the season so far. People have yeah, it's happened quite people... often. The Bristol Rovers game was similar. We had a really bad first half, yeah. and somehow managed to recover. I, I mentioned that when we did our worst performances. I thought that that was probably our worst, apart from Fleetwood, our actual worst forty-five minutes that we had played all season. We were abysmal at Bristol, and then he makes the triple sub, and that's what saves him. Um, I don't even want to refer to him by his name. <laughs> uh, we'll get on to him, don't worry. Save it. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree, and I think most people will. Um, 
what shakes me at the moment is people will respond to you on Twitter or Facebook at the moment and say something like, oh, we can't be playing that bad because we're top. Um, Grant must be doing something right. That's the thing. I think he's doing something right, but not enough. I don't know. You see, you know, the way I look at it, when you properly think about it, we are top of the league. I think this squad on paper should win the league. So, to me, I could go into this team and just say, go out there and do what you want, and they would probably win the league. McCann, he is lucky that the the Alams have decided to go, no, we need to get straight back up and, and, and backed him in the summer. I genuinely think with another manager, a better manager, say, for example, Cowley, would come in and we'd win the league by an absolute gallop. And that's my honest yeah. opinion. I, I, I just... I- I think at the moment we 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 there's there's too much of a shadow of last season. It is literally just like a copy and paste where we've played well and we look we look like we're going all right, identified as playing a certain way and having a danger yeah. man, and then getting it, and then teams wising up to it and stopping it already. And I think a few tweets have already pointed out. It's been a similar amount of games this season to what it was last season. So we got found because out. 28 games last season, it's 26 this one, where the results start to dip and things start to happen. Has it really been that many games already? Fucking yeah. Hell. Um, Is it? I don't know. When you say that. It might have been, I might have got that wrong way around. 18 and 16. It can't be far off because it was January oh. when we started turning, um, turning a, a, on the slide. And obviously, I think we've played 18, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, so it'd be 18. And... It's not too far off. Like, it, I don't know. Where I've just got the wrong number at the beginning it's, there. It's the same. <laughs> it, we're not far off. We're only a month off of that. So it's not much difference. Um, yeah. McKay, because the, the bad results happened a couple of... Yeah, it was like two or three losses in a row. Then we saw Bowen yeah. and Grisicki. And then it just never recovered. And I And I do feel like... A similar thing might happen this season, but like like I said, we'll get on to it. Um, right, so moving begrudgingly on <laughs> to what happened to tonight. Uh, only game. an hour or so ago. Mm. I mean, we both literally mes- messaged each other at the same time and said, we need to record tonight. Might be, I think feelings are still a bit raw, but I need to get it off my chest. I need to just get out of the way. Go for it. Um, the fuck was that? Um, I will say for a start, first of all, it was better than the Shrewsbury game. I thought we looked a lot better than we did against Shrewsbury, but that is not saying anything at all. Um, yeah. Once we, whenever we got into the final third, we didn't look threatening at all. Um, I thought the, 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 no. the starting eleven was a very unusual one, and I completely understand why Grant made some changes because he had to make some changes. Because if he'd made no changes after the Shrewsbury game, people would have been really questioning him to be honest but I was surprised that he went with some of the changes that he did go with particularly even though I thought he was the worst player on the pitch I am surprised he completely dropped Honeyman yeah I do think that's because he's resting him for the part that's what match, I hope though. it is but it looks like hmm. it might have been a bad idea at the same time it might not have been um, but I think one of the things that we were missing was that I think our midfield seemed a bit flat very flat and I think someone like him might have done yes. something about it. Um, I felt, considering we went in front, 
we should have capitalised on that. Particularly going in front right early, right at the end of the first half, we should have made sure that we didn't concede before half time, and then we had. I think Coyle, who I've um, been really positive about all season so far, when we've talked about him, I thought he didn't have a good game, and he was caught out a few times. And unfortunately, on the, the couple of times that he was caught out, it led to goals. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, I'll end up asking you for your, for your best and worst performance tonight, which, again, is going to be quite difficult. But, yeah, there's just... I think I tweeted earlier and I said something about it just seems like McCann's... Or I put it in a, in, in a group, actually, on Messenger. It just seems like McCann's picking names. He gets he gets all the lads, the entire squad, in a changing room before the match. And he just, go, and he just went, I'm going to pick a name out of the hat and you're starting. That's your starting eleven. The only player I think that played well tonight was Greaves. Right. I feel like Jake Greaves had a great game. I don't think he was the only one who had, who played okay. I think there was a couple, um, but he was definitely elder. 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 That was the one in. I was going to say. I thought Elder had a good game, um, but the problem was the people in front of him weren't having a good game. So yes, it didn't help his performance that he couldn't really do much offensively it was he put in a fantastic shift but he couldn't really do much with the ball because the people around no. him weren't living up to what they should be. Um no, they it was a it was a case of it was a case of tiny individual mistakes completely just causing a girl this game again like the other ones were I felt there was no there was no fluidity. Yeah. You could tell again. It was like it was like a cup side. You could tell that these didn't really have that um, understanding amongst them as a starting eleven and expecting. Like usually with the the starting eleven that we were used to seeing, they will be at that point now where they expect a player to be in a certain position, so they know where to look, where to pass, where to make a run. This team tonight, because obviously you changed it a bit, they just you could tell there wasn't that. I don't know, um, telepathic link about, oh, I know Honeyman's going to be there. I know Wilkes is going to be pushing out wide right now. I know he's be cut, he'll cut inside and I need to get... Yeah, it, there, the there familiarity was that. that the squad had was not there. It was as if they were all strangers. No. And also the defence has gone from nigh on impregnable to just leaking goals yeah. for fun and it's getting it, silly. It, it's funny you bring up like Greaves is the best player, but well, I do think he had a good game, and he probably he's going to score at some point. Um, the way he, uh, he's on set pieces, eventually he will get one. He, but the, the him and Beck, who have been great, suddenly seem to have just lost. It, it feels like they've lost. Uh, they've lost a foot, like a bit of pace, but it feels like they've suddenly they're off compared to everyone else on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, no, I, I, I want. I thought you were going to mention that, and I do want to raise the point that Greaves and Burke seemed like they had a perfect pairing and then for some reason he stopped playing Burke yeah can't remember what game it was where he dropped him and then just never put him back in the team but Greaves and Burke tended to be the, the centre-back pairing and then he dropped Burke for Alfie Jones and then it was Jones and Greaves but now Jones is injured he's thrown Burke back in so I don't know maybe if it's just a case of 
um, players are having that, especially the back four in in, in terms of uh, rotation. They're just getting thrown in with a different player quite regularly because the amount of different competitions we've been in. And it's just getting to a point where they're having to re-engage who they're alongside again. Um, but I gen- I think that might have a factor into it. But I do like Greaves and Burke as a pair. And they, they've got a bit of Burke and device about them when they were on form. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't think device... I think it's... A- I think it says a lot that even though we have started leaking goals a bit more regularly, that device is still nowhere near the side. I think that says a lot. Yeah, he's lost his place to a twenty-year-old kid. You'd think that you know that might be the you'd the think catalyst he, he, to tra- make himself in the park. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem to happen. And and, and with that, Will, I'm going to ask you for your. Um, who's your worst performer from tonight's game? Oh, um, actually a tricky question because it's just so fresh in my mind. I'm trying to think of one to stand out in particular. Um... <laughs> the team is a valid answer. <laughs> no, because I thought a couple of them were okay. Like, I think saying the team's wrong. Um, hmm. It is a tricky one, though. Um, I'm going to go because I f- because he he's positioning kind of cost us in a way I'm going to have to go with Coyle and um, just purely because yeah as good as he's been I think today it was I can't remember the name who's the player out wide for Blackpool I forgot his name now um, was it CJ yeah um, he just had him he had him on first he was just too fast for him and whenever the ball got forward he just couldn't keep up with him yeah, no, I agree. I was going to say um, the exact same player. That's nothing um, against which, Coyle because I think he wasn't the only one, but it's just because because he was in particular the one when the goals went in. It has to be him. Yeah, he was. He was. Whether inadvertently, the reason for at least two of the three goals to go in um, was probably the only reason I was going. He just doesn't. I like Coyle, and. Um, I do think that Blackpool expected us to play Coyle because the it was weird that they sort of targeted that side because that would Emmanuel, be yeah. our strongest side with Emmanuel. So I think he genuinely expected us to rotate because he knew we had Portsmouth next, which if if is true is a bit of managerial genius. And he targeted uh, uh, Coyle in his last. Considering pace. the way the result went, I won't call it genius. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean I from um, Blackpool. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. But, so if they if they've if they've genuinely um, acted on a whim and said I think he's going to play Coyle instead of Emmanuel, so go down the left hand side, their left hand side, um, and target that area because we play in the four three three system that Grant so stubbornly plays every single time requires now our fullbacks to bomb on. In a normal scenario, in a normal match, that's okay because we have good cover, but today. We didn't have that cover, and when Coyle went forward, we had a lot of space down that right hand side, and that, and that um, is it the first goal, especially just before half time. There was absolutely Coyle for some reason was in centre back, and there was just absolutely no one out there marking what was it two players. It's such an easy schoolboy goal yeah. to score, which when you top of the league should not be happening. And then it just he had he had his lack of pace exploited. It was, I thought it was very Coyle. annoying because, like I say, when we scored. For a couple of minutes after we scored, we looked good. 
we looked like we was going to do something, and then they suddenly just break on us and score. And then when we equalise, we look like, oh, we can shut up shop now, and we fuck up again. Um, yeah, it was it's ridiculous that you equalise in the 89th minute and still end up losing. Yeah, the moment that equaliser goes That's... in, you're thinking the team should be shutting up shop. You've managed to essentially steal a point. Because Blackpool deserved to win, to be honest. Uh, they definitely deserved something out of the game. They did. They were the better side. Um, not as They weren't as far away as Shrewsbury were in terms of performance from us, but they deserved to win. They did. Um, you can't yeah. judge them all. It's a similar scenario to Shrewsbury. They knew what to do to us, and they did it, maybe, and they did it well. Maybe all, um, maybe all the legal yeah. managers had a point. Yeah, they've probably got like a little group chat excluding McCann and they're all like, oh, he's probably going to play 4-3-3 again, guys. Here's some tips. I don't, I don't even think, I don't even uh, think they need to have a group that can just see the, the games. It's just they don't even have to... <laughs> yeah. Um, we still are top. How? After the result well, of these we, two games. Are we still? Somehow. Because Peterborough were playing this last uh, time I checked. And they... Oh, yeah. That's good to... We could end up second... So we're top. We're two. still in the automatics, yeah. But considering we're considering yeah, the gap we had on Peterborough, and they've managed to close it already. Yeah, and then we've got a point from three games, and those three games were Oxford, Shrewsbury, and Blackpool, which you would at least be saying seven points minimum. And now we have Portsmouth, who are the league's top scorers, next. Sunderland straight after. Lincoln after that and Charlton after that. So now we've got four games, massive games, against teams that are in and around us. Yeah, I'm very concerned about this Christmas period. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a very merry one, the way that it's going. No. I'm going to say it now, just because it seems like a copy and paste from last season, I don't think we'll get another win this month. I honestly thought he was about to say this season and I was about to jump through my microphone and punch her. Um, Because I don't think it's that bad. Leave that till January. I did say that. I I said it to Joel in the chat around February last season. I said, we won't win another game this year. And he laughed at me. And then we kept losing. And we kept losing. And we kept losing. And then he messaged me and he was like, I think you might be right. We only just managed to win that um, Middlesbrough game. Other than that, I almost had it. But yeah, no, we don't want to be repeating that. So I'll leave that one till um, January, February time. We'll see what the window brings us. Eh? Um, which, what points total do you think we're going to get from these remaining four right, games so in this month? Portsmouth, Sunderland, Lincoln, and what was the fourth one again? Charlton. Charlton. Who I think will win the um, league personally because of the. I feel like I'm going to be too negative if I say a fucking big fat fucking duck egg <laughs> of zero. Um, but at this current moment, I will happily take one point, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say people are just going yeah, into like, it, some it, sort of panic mode because we've had a couple of bad results, but it is... It's because of last season and it's the same manager and it's the same problems again. I get again. accused quite a lot of being quite negative and, and I think they've got a point, people who say that, to be honest, because I am very negative about City. But yeah. it just feels like at the moment nothing has actually changed. 
Nothing has changed whatsoever since last season, really. And we're just in the same position we were. We just happen to be playing weaker sides than we were. If this same team was playing the championship, it'd be the what was happening last season still. It'd be just loss after loss after loss after loss. I think we have a better team than last season. Like I said, I think if we had a better manager... That's the thing, because the team currently has Grant in charge, I think it would just be as it was last season. I think he is the problem. Yeah. So, I think that probably leads us nicely on to... Um, I think we're each going to have a nice rant about McCann. Uh, do you want to go um, first? I think, as host, you should go first. I need some time to think about it. <laughs> That's fine. Um he just, I would have sacked him last season. And when he have came out and said, look, this is the, no, we're keeping him. This is a guy, he knows League One. He'll get us back up. You take it with a, a bit of a sigh. It's like, right, okay. I mean, that, that run of form last season was inexcusable. Uh, and we said a couple of, uh, in one of our episodes, that maybe it was the team less than him himself. And then the same problems rear their head this season. And like you say, you've you've we've allowed a lot our uh, wins to sort of mask over what have been quite shady performances. We've won a couple of games where we were quite lucky to win. And when you when you actually take a, se- a second to look back at the season, some of the games we've played, you realise it's like we're stuck in a time loop. The guy is doing the exact same as what he was doing last season. Now I support the team, and I was happy he was doing well and. Um, sitting nicely at the top of the league we had a great opportunity to pull far clear his just stubbornness to not change is driving me insane like it needs yes alright 4-3-3 probably suits the the, uh, the players we've got it's incorporated a system that seemed to work at the beginning of the season but now that teams are starting to figure you out you need to start switching it up there has to be another way to play you've got to have at least two or three things to change to any good manager any semi-competent manager in any league will have a backup option if that even means throwing on like say for example you play a KLP type player in strike and then we throw on an Eves later on alongside him you've got to have variation in your play or else you're going to get the same results it's like the, what is the definition of madness it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result and that's what we're doing we are doing the exact same as what we were doing last season we're sticking to this formation he's being stubborn and, he's, and he's, his team selections have started to get a bit bizarre. Now, we all mentioned the, the, the absence of KLP and how weird it was. And we have um, from Humberside, Benzios tweeted and said that he confirmed on radio that KLP is not playing because he hasn't agreed a new contract. Right. Which I don't know if that's an order from Ehab because he's spat his dummy out because KLP won't accept 50p a week or whatever he's offering him. Or if that's a McCann choice. But to me, who cares if he hasn't signed a fucking contract? He's still under contract to this club. He's still from this area. He should be playing regardless. He isn't a free agent because he hasn't signed this deal. He's still in that squad and he's still able to play. At the moment, when results are starting to go badly, he's the kind of player that we need to be starting. Not a Delican who's going to shift responsibility and go as a passenger in most games. Not James Scott, who seems to show five minutes of potential in a match and then go, again, another passenger in a game. 
we need to be starting KLP with players 100% every single game, every time he plays. We're, we're not scoring enough goals. We've got a goal scorer on the bench. We need some more fight. We've got a local lad on the bench just because he hasn't signed a contract. That's absolutely ridiculous. And I've not heard now like it. Like, it has to be, to me, an Ehab decision. The... Do you agree? Oh, um, firstly, the fucking state of that man management there by openly just throwing him to the wolves on the media without giving him a chance to respond. Hopefully, we do actually get a response in the very near future. But I think that's something you don't say on the... You don't openly admit, yeah, the reason he's not is because he's not signing a contract. That's something that surely you keep behind closed doors, at least for the time being, especially when you're on a bad run. Because it will only upset the player even more that this is out in the open. I do think that he is... McCann's the kind of the manager. I mean, if you remember some of the interviews he had with Burnley towards the end of last season, where he started to get a bit feisty and defensive, I, I think he's the kind of when he's backed into a corner, he sort of clutches on whatever he can think of, like the old Sandy Rowe comment where he was, he was like, "I don't shy away from whatever challenge or something." He just says weird and strange things that don't, I think, show his experience, inexperience as a manager, and he'll probably look back at some of his comments like this one. Um, and regret it massively because it just seems like we're going to lose. I can see us getting rid of KLP. Yeah, I can't believe that we might be about to lose him with only half a season of him really like having a chance to shine. I can't believe. But it's not a, it's not an anomaly. You know, I thought, because I you thought think, we'd at least have him. I, think I thought we'd at least have him for a freaking season. This is it. I thought he'd yeah, at least get a I, season as the main sort of pro- promising act at City. But not even that. But Ehab's new business model is invest in the youth and sell. It's buy cheap, sell, sell for a lot more. So any any sort of player like KLP who comes up through the academy, you know, wean him into the game, show his potential, triple his value, sell him on. That's what they want to do now. And if you look back, Max Clark, Jared Bowen. Um, Josh Tymon. Yeah, Josh Tymon. Um, there's been a few where it obviously looks like we've offered them absolute peanuts and they've gone, no, screw you. I'd rather go somewhere else. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not even the home ground kids who've done that. I think the most the most obvious example, I think, is from last season and it's Hamrickson. Um, the situation, if it's going to, it feels a bit Hamrickson y of, oh no, he's not going to sign a contract when we're not playing him. Mm. Yeah. That's a good call actually. I just think it's it's Which was which was incredibly petty. Ehab's inability to to he 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 doesn't like it when somebody doesn't fall into line if someone doesn't do what he wants. He he Ehab will have in his mind that whatever he's offered Lewis Potter as a contract is more than enough. When in reality so- it's probably it's probably way pathetic. lower than the average that he could make. But in Ehab's head, he's the same one. He's not he's not football oriented, and he's they've admitted it themselves. The Alams over the decade of owning us, which has seen us go from Premier League relegation when they took over now into League One. But it's 
he 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 needs to stop trying to run the club like a business. Which you thought maybe they tried when they tried to bring the fans back last year. Yeah, but they've they've had a record of trying to bring fans back and then just saying fuck it. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I think it's pathetic to treat your best player by going public with that scenario at this current moment in time. Fair enough if it's true, that's fine. But I don't think you wear it. You air the day laundry live on the radio when for all to hear now. Wait, not in the no, middle of not a wait until it becomes a known quantity anyway, and then bring it up. Don't be the one who breaks the news. Be the one who responds to it. Yeah. Um, do you want to have yes, the McCann rant? I do. Um, firstly, my plan A is sorry, my plan B even is to make plan A better. What fucking cockwomble <laughs> thinks that is a good logical thing for a manager to do? The idea of only having one tactic and sticking by it is so so stupid and so lacking in any sort of footballing intelligence, you need to have a plan B. You need to have a way to counter someone who knows exactly what you're going to do. Because if you don't, you have no fucking chance. The absolute... I just... I already didn't like... Obviously, I didn't like McCann anyway. I've said it before. The man, as you said, should have been sacked. In fact, to be honest, I think if fans had been round, he already would have been sacked. I actually do believe that. I think if fans had been there every week, making it obvious why he's such a sack of shit in the championship, um, I think he would have been gone, just purely because of the noise that would have been created. But because fans weren't there, it gave him a sort of a bit of a free ride. And it's given him a bit of a free ride this season because there's been no one there to criticise him directly. Um. I feel that the lack of, I think I said before, the lack of when someone plays well against us and nullifies us, admitting the mistake and then trying to rectify it is just, I think it's just such a boneheaded way to go about things when managing. Um, you need, fair enough, it's fair enough having a philosophy, but you need to have ways to to work if your philosophy isn't airtight. Yeah. I mean, this this has been a lot of fans' problem with McCann for a long time. And it is, for example, last season when we lost Bowen and Grisicki, we arguably played 4-3-3 from previous managers with them in the team because that's how you get the best out of them two players. When we lost them, something should have changed. He didn't. He stuck by it. Ehab loves him for some bizarre reason. I don't know if the fans attending would have had any difference because I know, I know Ehab likes to annoy us. So I think that the fact that we were probably chanting McCann out in matches, I think he would probably just keep him on to annoy us even more. Um, this is the kind of guy he is. It's weird to say that about uh, the owner of the football club you support, isn't it? That he'll purposely. I think fans. if fans had been able to be there, it'd be similar to... Because obviously there was times where fans tried to stop the team even leaving the stadium last season. 
there was a couple of incidents of that. I think if fans yeah. actually been there, it could have been. Obviously, there wasn't many fans there to be honest. Anyway, but it could have been a more regular recurrence. It could have been something that it could have started impacting financially on Ehab and Nassim themselves. Yeah, it's probably also the current financial climate that he, he yeah, chose not to get. I think it's partly that he thought it'd be cheaper to keep him on than to sack him, pay him for sacking him, and then bringing in a new manager with a new wage structure. Yeah, um, I mean to be fair, we're saying all this, and we could win the next oh, no, four games. I, I fully expect would be after all this ranting, I hope <laughs> I hope it gets to the end of the season and we're near the top, and someone. Reminds me of this, all this, and says, you are fucking wrong. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And Please I really do. hope they do, because David's I want to be proved wrong on this. I don't want... I want. I don't want McCann to be shit. It's just... He can't help it. it, and it the, no, the, there's just, it's just too much. It just seems too is, It's a very easy thing for him to solve, but he just refuses to. It's just... He just needs to tweak one or two things. Like, like say, I was focusing on the plan B thing. If he just had a different formation, it wouldn't even matter that, yeah, if we if the formation wasn't perfect, at least it would be an acknowledgement of trying to improve the side, trying something yeah, else. Yeah, he needs to actually even, if he even pretended like he was trying exactly. to change stuff. But he's just not, he just sticks by his guns sticks to his system and then lashes out anybody who criticises it and I don't think that's the best way to be as a manager like I said you need to as a manager I just think logically you need at least two or three backup options there needs to be contingencies to if the way you want to play doesn't work and he doesn't have that and he never has had that whilst being Hull City manager and I think that's the only reason that so many fans are irked with him I mean you could you could sort of forgive a few bad results like this, if he was trying to shift players about, trying to change it up, looking like he is has seen a problem and is, tr- is trying to rectify it. But like you said, he's not. He's just really not. And, that, and that's what will eventually be the reason that fans will never turn back to you because you, you've shown no desire to remotely improve the yeah, situation essentially, you found yourself of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks he's just staring at the wall yeah and I mean like a, a few fans have mentioned on Twitter you could see on the, on the stream today um, he isn't animated on the touchline like if if we're playing badly you, you wouldn't be able to tell it. If you had a camera on McCann all game, you'd think we were having a really, really good match. I don't think you'd be able to tell you if we were winning. I think it's just the same expression. It's, it's a yeah, very it's just neutral doesn't... face. It's never... He, 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 yeah, it he doesn't, he doesn't seem to inspire any sort of momentum change or he doesn't try and give a player yeah. a kick up the ass the if you is... need it. And it's just it's kind the of desire you want to see as a fan. Bad. Um, usually he should be yeah. and that's fair enough the, the assistant manager always is someone who does that but the manager should at least do some of that himself as well he's probably spending 90 minutes thinking oh bloody hell what's Benzie going to ask me now <laughs> and he's just thinking of comebacks to it rather it's than such, it's such a shame we don't get um, ah, I think it says a lot that 
all that was happening, and then suddenly he can't have commentary anymore. I'm not saying that's the reason why, but it it, it, it does look bad. Yeah, well, he did seem a bit shifty. Obviously, McC- uh, Bernsey did grill him quite a but bit. He deser- but he deserved to be grilled. It that, was... that was some, some supporters with the access to, to audio commentary. He deserved commentary. to be grilled because we were that poor. Um, he should have... Ex- yeah, as yeah. he deserved and it that's the thing, at the moment. That's another thing. It's, it's somewhat minor now when I'm not as bothered about it as much now because it's gone and it's never going to be rectified. But he never really admitted or said, like, apologised for how poorly the season went last season. And while that's never going to happen now, and I can understand that, he should have at least shown some sympathy, a bit more sympathy, I think, towards the fan base instead of just yeah moving on almost instantly and acting like League One was always the plan, which it wasn't. I do not believe that for a second. You just thought you could stay up because you had enough points. Yeah. And it fell badly. I mean, the only worry now is that we have another few bad games now. We don't pick up many points. And we lose two or three of our best players in January. Well, I've just seen... I'm going to be in big trouble. I mean, at Bournemouth, sniffing around George Honeyman. Um, I'll shout. Well, I've just seen the table and um, in the end, Peter Bravin overtaken us. Um, They ended up drawing tonight, so they're on 32 points. But they're not the only team on 32 points. Um, bear with me. Because Portsmouth, Peterborough, Lincoln and Ipswich are all on 32. So they're all only two points behind us going into this period. We could drop down towards the edge of the, the bottom of the playoffs of the next couple of games because we're playing some of those matches. Yeah, I, I said to someone earlier that I think we'll be outside of the top six come January. I'm unsure about that, but... The way that it's getting up there is very close at the moment and it, it's not a ridiculous thing to say at this current moment in time. Yeah. Right, so I think we should um, probably stop negging the yeah, listeners this, out. this has not been mm. the fun episode, let's be honest. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone tuned in and expected anything gloriously fun and um, optimistic. Um, I pre- it was probably as grim as you expected. Um Interaction-wise, you can probably send us your tweets and think what you think about McCann, um, whether or not you think he should stay or go. What you expect us to get from the next few games, where you expect us to be come January time. Who do you want, um, who do you want as manager if McCann did go? Yes. Um, Joel did mention Danny Cowley to me on Twitter when I replied to Luke from Tigers, uh, Tigers, blah, blah, blah. I would need to personally have a look. Um, I think Cowley's a good shout, but that's another one where... Did he leave? He left Don't for financial reasons Cowley in Huddersfield. Um, yeah, I said I replied to Joel and I said, "Look, Cowley left Huddersfield because the owners had a lack of ambition, and that's the Championship club with parachute payments. I cannot see him." There is there is someone who us. I think would take the job who's just left the club, um, but I don't know whether um, exactly. I'm thinking Sam Richards. Only because he's from. <laughs> But it doesn't no, sound like he's got not. the best attacking tactics, to be Consider it. Yeah. Someone mentioned on the fans forum that uh, Bernard Mendy's assistant manager at PSG. Oh, I can't see us. I cannot see one us one financially competing with PSG, quite frankly, Ant. Um, <laughs> I think they might be able to offer him a couple more quid than we can. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't doubt you there for a second. So yeah, um, just just drop us a tweet. Say if you'd keep McCann or if you'd replace him and who with. Uh, how many points you think we're going to get? Score predictions, whatever you feel like tweeting us in, do so. Um, we will. Again, thank you for listening because this whole podcast thing is new to us and we're, le- we're learning as we go. Hopefully you've heard me better in this one. <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear me more. Well, uh, hopefully it's done. not as negative as this going <laughs> so, forward. But... <laughs> yes, hopefully well, the next podcast we'll talk about a glorious 4-0 what, what win over the top scorers in the Result-wise. I know I said we said we'd get off, off negativity, but I think we need to put a score, score prediction down, at least. It would be... T- see, this is an opposite one now to the last one. My head's saying we're going to lose 3-0. Your heart's saying 4-0. Uh, but my heart's saying that it's going to be a typical City. We're going to lose horribly to these two games, the last two games, and then we're going to somehow pull out an easy 2-0 win. I'm going to go with Portsmouth. 1-0 Portsmouth because I can't predict us to win after that. I can't. Um, hopefully I'm <laughs> wrong, but... Yeah. Well, we'll hope. We'll, we, that's the aim for the next episode, is it's going to be a lot more optimistic and we're going to be singing Grant McCann's praise as he changes and plays 4-5-1. Um, <laughs> he says in hope more than expectation. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening anyway, guys, and thanks for Will again for joining me. Yeah, life in um, your car again. Not the most comfortable place in the world, yeah. but <laughs> it gets the job done. Um, and we will probably see. Well, I'll, I'll try and get Joel on yeah. next time, so you can get a, a third perspective. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.